the idea of um, going just through the questions in the Gospels. And so um, we talked a lot about questions and mustard and things like that. Um, what's that? No, I've given up on mustard. That's crazy stuff. Uh, so this morning, we're going to talk about the f- earliest two questions there are in the Gospels, at least chronologically. Um, so we're, we're going to end up in Luke chapter 1, uh, talking about Zechariah, Zacharias and Mary. Um, I really don't know how long this is going to take. It's just a little different getting used to um, how this all plays out. So we may end up early. We may not. We may not get through everything. I don't know. So it'll be an adventure. So let me pray, and then we'll get started. Father God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the opportunity to again again look into your word. We thank you that you are faithful to uh, reveal yourself and to reveal um, what we need to know in, in, uh, in your word. And so we pray that our hearts would be open. We pray that your spirit would be guiding each one of us, that we would have our eyes open to you um, and just be willing, willing students this morning. We thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so Luke chapter 1. I'm going to read through quite a few verses. It's narrative, so it's a little easier to listen to than if I was just reading through Ephesians or something. So, But uh, Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 5. In the days of Herod... King of Judea, there was a priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. They were both righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both advanced in years. Now it happened that while he was performing his priestly service before God in the appointed time of his division, according to the custom of the priestly office, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were in prayer outside at the hour of the incense offering. And an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing to the right of the altar of incense. Zacharias was troubled when he saw the angel and fear gripped him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your petition has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will give him the name John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he will drink no wine or liquor, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the sons of Israel back to the Lord their God. It is he who will go as a forerunner before him in the, in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the disobedient to the attitude of the righteous, so as to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zacharias said to the angel, How will I know this for certain? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. The angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God. And I have been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you shall be silent and unable to speak until the day when these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their proper time. And then jump down to verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a a man whose name was Joseph, of the descendants of David. 
and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the holy child shall be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age. And she who was called barren is now in her sixth month, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Okay, so um, I want to talk a little bit about the background here. And I want you to look into these verses. Um, at the beginning here, verses 5 to 7, what would you say, um, is, how would you describe the background of Zacharias and Elizabeth? Give me some words. I'm going to write them down up here. Okay. An H before the T. That's supposed to be an amper, one of those things. Zach and Liz. All right, righteous. They were both old. Old. Okay. Childless. Childless. Blameless. What's that? Blameless, yes. Okay. Okay. All right. Doubtful. What's that? Doubtful. Doubtful? Maybe. Okay. What's that? Pious. Pious. Okay. All right. There's a there's a Babylon B article there. There's a headline there. <laughs> About Lot and having to choose everybody, but I'm I'm not going to go there right now. I know, I know, but it's like it's tempting. <laughs> How about Mary? Okay, what's that? Average. Average. Yep. 
Okay. What was it? somebody said something after or submissive? Okay. Bond slave. All right, we're going to stop there. That's a good list. Um, so we're going to come back to that in a minute. How would you describe the culture in Israel right now at this time? From what you know about the New Testament, can you throw out any words? Okay, they were looking for deliverer from who? From Rome was part of it. Whether or not, yeah, that was probably the big focus, was they were really looking for, to get out from under Rome. Rome was a big deal, right? Rome was everywhere, and uh, yeah, had a big influence everywhere. You know, Jeff, until I read this, I would have said they weren't very religious. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And that right. kind of surprised me. Right, agreed, yeah. From what we see in the New Testament, I would say they had religiosity. They, they had a form of religion, and, and Paul, I think, is, is the one who talks about that, but, but they weren't really, it, they were going through motions, right? It wasn't that they were sold out to the Lord, and, you know, there were some. Obviously, there, were, there was a remnant. There, God's always got a remnant. And so there were those who were looking for Messiah and, and those kinds of things. Um, anyway, yeah, I think Rome was a big deal. There, there was this, you know, uh, uh, the, the law, the, you know, those things were important, but not heart. You know, they were part of this culture. Um, okay, so going back up here. How would you describe Zacharias and Elizabeth? So, so as we think about, like some of the things I thought about, like being part of the priestly class, what, would, what, would, what difference would that make in their lives? How would that affect who they are? Okay, looked up to, yep. Okay, more expected, yep. Right. Because I think that that was a mm -hmm. uh, sign that there's some blame. Right. And right. It's, and I think that's why it calls out that they were blameless. Right. I agree that that they're they're childless, which in that culture was like a judgment. Well, clearly you must have sinned. You know, it's like when in the Gospels, when you know the disciples are asking Jesus, "Who who sinned, this this man or his parents?" It's like. Wait, it, it's not always about sin. I mean, yes, it's about sin in general, but it's not about specific sins. Um, and so, yeah, you can imagine they're kind of going, what are, we, what, are we, what are we doing here, Lord? You know, what do you have for us? 
What else from this list? Any, any other things? Being older what, and childless, do you, do you think that there was a lot of hope that, you know, hey, Elizabeth's going to get pregnant any day now, right? <laughs> Probably not, right? Um, I can imagine, based on some of the, uh, again, thinking about the New Testament and what we see of a lot of the religious leaders, um, you know, a lot of them seem to have their hand in the cookie jar when there's money changing and selling animals, and they're kind of profiting off of all this. And it looks like Zechariah is probably not one of those. He doesn't live in Jerusalem uh, when later in this same story, when Mary goes to visit Elizabeth, she goes to the hill country. So they're not in Jerusalem. They're not in that. But they're not poor because the priests are provided for, right? So it's not like, but they're probably not the wealthy class either. They're probably pretty middle class would be what we would guess. But they've probably, they're older. They haven't had kids. They're probably kind of settled into a routine. And Lord, what, you know, what's the next thing for us? Um, what would you say, or what at least had been the desire of Zacharias and Elizabeth's hearts? What, what was the desire of their hearts? Obedience. Obedience. Have a child. That's a big deal, right? Okay, now thinking about Mary. What, uh, how would you describe her? Probably not yeah. wanting a child. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah, clearly that's not on the agenda yet. What else? Yeah, yeah. Definitely had a relationship with the Lord, no, no question. The fact that she's a virgin says what about her? We didn't actually get that up there. What does that say about her? She's obedient. She's doing what's right, right? She's, she's doing things in the right way. She's engaged. What would that, as a young woman, what would that, what kind of feelings would she have with that? Hopeful. Hopeful. Excited. Excited, expectant, you know, looking forward to that, right? Um, I have a feeling she was probably, you would have described her as kind of the sweet girl next door, right? She just, she's not real, she's not a big standout kind of in your face. She's just the sweet girl next door. Humble, yes. She lives in Galilee. What do you know about Galilee? Nothing good comes from, from, from uh, Galilee. She's in Nazareth. What about Nazareth? Yeah, this is not the this is not the high end. She's not a you know from the wealthy class. She's not even from the middle class. She's probably pretty dirt poor. That's just a lot about a family and an upbringing. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, and to be close to an aunt. Right. That probably explains why why it says that she was troubled by uh, what kind of greeting this could be. Right. Because she wasn't favored. I don't feel favored. Yeah. Right. So I think that explains that. I was a little yeah. confused by that until just now. Yeah, I think she's she's going, um, okay. She, what's that? Why me? Yeah, why me? What what's so special about me? I, I I'm 
I'm considered the dregs of, of Israel. Um, yeah, Galilee was not, was not the hot spot. In fact, a lot of Israel looked down on them because they felt like they, had, they were um, too much uh, with the Gentiles. They were too much. Anyway. Um, kind of, I'm not sure. I don't know that. But I think, I think um, you know, it's kind of probably considered the armpit of Israel. Not a nice way to put it, but Joseph was also likely poor, you know, not a wealthy man that she's going to marry. So uh, what would you say was the desire of Mary's heart? Obedience. Obedience. Yeah, I think she's, she's just... Yeah, please the Lord. Um, and, I, you know, I think she's looking forward again to this, you know, I'm going to be married and, you know, um, all that kind of thing. Tom, were you? Would you, would you say that um, her being poor would be uh, just like Zacharias would be condemned to a, to a point by the culture for uh, oh, yeah. sin? Yeah. 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 You're, you're, if you're poor, you're, you know, clearly there's some judgment there. You've, you haven't been. Because in Israel, yes, wealth was considered a blessing from God. And if you're doing the right things, you're going to be blessed with wealth, not just, you know, other things. But, but yeah, I think so. I think, that's a fair, I think that's a fair analysis. Yeah, she's not considered, because she's poor, she's considered less than, right? Right. There's no ed- there's no evidence. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and maybe because he was in the holy We're going to get to that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We'll talk about that. Um, so Gabriel is obviously the other personality here. He's an angel. He's a messenger of God. He shows up twice in the Old Testament in Daniel, and then these two times in Luke. And other than that, we don't see his name specifically. Um, so where was Zacharias when Gabriel showed up? He wasn't in the Holy of Holies. He was in the temple. Um, he, was in, he was in the, um, the well, here, I'll tell you what. Let's, Exodus chapter 30 explains really where he was. Because it tells us where the altar of incense is. 36 through 8. You shall put this altar in front of the veil that is near the ark of the testimony, in front of the mercy seat that is over the ark of the testimony where I will meet with you. Aaron shall burn fragrant incense on it. He shall burn it every morning when he trims the lamps. When Aaron trims the lamps at twilight, he shall burn incense. There shall be um, perpetual incense before the Lord throughout your generations. So, and I... Because to me, it's like, okay, is that which side of the veil? I looked up some diagrams of how people assume it is, and everything I saw showed it on the other, outside the Holy of Holies, so just on the other side of the Holy of Holies. But even so, he's in the temple. Um, What does that entail? He's chosen by lot to go burn incense. Um, 
How often did this happen for a priest? Probably once in a lifetime, based on the, for, for an individual priest. I was reading some commentaries, and they said there were 24, uh, I don't remember what they called them, but basically groups of priests. And so each of those groups would serve two weeks out of the year, um, something like that anyway. And, uh, and so, yeah, then they would be chosen by lot as to whether they're going to go in. So this might have been a once-in-a-lifetime kind of a thing. Um, Let's see. Yeah, and then is it a big deal? Yeah, like, like Kevin was pointing out in verse 10, the whole multitude of the people were in prayer outside of the hour of incense offering. Um, so who is aware of what Zacharias is doing? Like everybody is, right? Um, let's see. And so it's incense is burned twice per day. Who else is in there? Nobody. Just Zacharias at, the, at this point. Um, and so who knows when Gabriel shows up? Zacharias is the only one who knows, right? Um, and looking in the text, how did Gabriel show up? He appeared. What does that mean? I don't know. Did he walk in? Did he just poof, he's there? I don't know. It doesn't really tell us. Um, What's that? Angels are unseen. Unless they want to be seen. So they, yeah. So he made himself visible. Visible. Right. 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 Did he, did he do it right there standing at that instant, or did he walk up? I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't, make, it, doesn't make it clear. But yes, he, he made himself visible whatever, however, whatever way he chose to get there. Um, do you think Zacharias would have thought Gabriel chose a good time to make his appearance? <laughs> Probably not, right? Um, you think about, you know, we know the stories of going into the Holy of Holies and they've got the rope tied to their leg in case they're, you know, got to get dragged out. So he's not in the Holy of Holies, but he's in there by himself. Do you think he's maybe a little on edge? I think maybe he's a little, you know... I'm thinking about this. I don't want to screw this up. Um, let me go to a Leviticus chapter 10, and I'll tell you why he doesn't want to screw it up. You're probably familiar with this, but um, I'll read this just real quick. You remember um, Nadab and Abihu, Aaron's sons. Now, Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took their respective fire pans, and after putting fire in them, placed incense on it, and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. And fire came out from the presence of the Lord and consumed them, and they died before the Lord. So um, you want to kind of make sure that you're doing things right. Okay, That hadn't happened in a long time, maybe, but still, it's on your mind. You care about doing things correctly. Um, so did he have any reason to be afraid when an angel showed up unannounced in the temple? Yeah, I'd be a little nervous. There's not supposed to be anybody else in here, and all of a sudden this guy's here. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think he'd be a little nervous. Um, how long had it been since the Lord spoke to Israel? 400 About 400 years. It's been a long time, so all of a sudden you're not... You think about the, the history of America. We're coming up on 250 years that America has been a nation. 
you think about 400 years is a long time to not have heard from the Lord. You're not really anticipating it. Unless you've been reading Daniel, unless you're paying attention, there, there are some things that could make you start to go, okay, we should be coming up on that. But for the most part, you're probably, this individual person is probably not thinking, okay, the Lord's about to speak to me. I just know it. Um, so what did Gabriel come to announce? The birth of John, right? Um, we are going to end up short on time if I don't move a little bit. So I'm just going to go through these. He says, your petition has been heard. Um, do you suppose Zacharias and Elizabeth were still praying for a son at their age? Probably not. We don't know exactly how old they are, but he kind of gives an indication that childbearing years are pretty much done. Um, but does God know the true desires of their heart? He does. And they were praying for it. And Gabriel says, your petitions have been heard. And Zacharias is probably thinking, that was a long time ago, Lord. You know, we kind of we gave up on that. And the Lord's like, I haven't. I'm not done. Um, his timing differs from ours, doesn't it? Very much so. Um, he said, joy and gladness. You're gonna, many will rejoice at his birth. He's going to bring you joy and gladness. Your son will be great in the sight of the Lord. No wine, no liquor. He's going to be filled with the Spirit while he's in the womb. He's going to turn many people back to the Lord their God. He will be a forerunner to the Lord to prepare hearts so they'll be ready to meet their king. Uh, was it a lot to take in? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. But was this a lot to take in? Yeah, yeah, for sure. My head would be spinning. Um, I might spit out any number of stupid things. Um, all right, we're going to leave Zachariah for a minute. Uh, where was Mary when Gabriel arrived? We don't really know, huh? We don't know. Probably, likely at home, whether inside or outside in the courtyard doing something, whatever, we don't know. Um, what's that? She yeah, she was by herself, kind of minding her own business, probably busy with some kind of household task, most likely. Um, who is aware of what she's doing? Probably just her. You know, her parents might have some idea, or maybe Joseph has a general idea of what she's doing, but, but pretty much no one. Um, how did Gabriel show up? He came in. Okay, he came in. What does that mean? I don't know. He just, again, he, he kind of just appeared, but it, it, it indicates that he maybe walked in to some wherever she is. Um, maybe into the house, maybe through a door or a gate of a courtyard. Maybe he just appeared. Does Mary seem startled by his appearance? I don't know that she does. I don't, I don't see evidence that she's necessarily startled by the fact that he's there. She's confused by his greeting. Exactly. She, she, she the words are like, I don't get that. But she doesn't seem like, oh, you know. He does say, don't be afraid, but she doesn't necessarily give, the, the text at least doesn't say she was afraid. Um, 
yeah, so we already said, but what seems to get her, get her attention is his greeting. Coming in, he said to her, greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. Um, what might be a little perplexing about that greeting? Thinking back to Anna? Richly blessed. Which would be very perplexing. Yeah. It's like, I'm, I'm sorry, how? Right? Do you, do you feel like she's kind of going, well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure how this all fits in. And I think that's the perplexing part. Richly blessed. I, okay. If you say so. Um, so what does Gabriel have to tell her? Don't be afraid. Which again, was she afraid? We don't know. But you found favor with God. You will conceive in your womb and bear a son. You will name him Jesus. He will be great, called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will perpetually reign over the house of Jacob. There will be no end to his kingdom. Is that a lot to take in? Yeah, I think so. It's a good question. Uh, you know, clearly, clearly she's in a home that is um, devout. They're 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 teaching her. You know, she's she's not just. A, I mean, she knew who he was talking about, evidently. I mean, I. Yeah, it seems like there's a good chance of that. But still, it's a lot to take in when a guy walks in and says, you know. And, and your, your brain's trying to go, okay, I'm, I'm sitting here in the dirt, you know, with nothing really much, you know, and you're telling me I'm going to get pregnant with a king. Uh, wait a second, <laughs> you know, can we back up a minute? Um, interestingly to me, it doesn't seem like either Zacharias or Mary are bothered by the sight of Gabriel. It's not really his appearance, his physical appearance, it seems like, that creates fear or concern. Um, for Zacharias, it seems perhaps the, uh, just the sudden presence of someone in the temple, um, in the tabernacle with him when no one should have been there, that disturbed him. Um, for Mary, it's the salutation that perplexes her, right? So let's talk a bit about their responses. Um, on the surface, when you first read the, the two questions, that, and again, this is, this is how this whole thing came about. Verse 18 and verse 34 are where you find the questions that they asked. On the surface, do they both seem pretty similar? Yes. Yeah. Um, Zachariah says, how will I know this for certain, for I'm an old man and my wife is advanced in years? Which I just want to point out that he's a smart man, probably a bit um, uh, diplomatic to not call his wife old. Calls her advance in years. So he's a smart guy. Um, Mary asks, how can, and if you read your notes in there, it, it could also read will. How will this be since I'm a virgin? How can this be since I'm a virgin? Uh, what's the difference in the two questions? A heart attitude. Okay. I think a heart, the heart's a lot of it. Zacharias seems to be asking... 
if it's possible. Is this, is this really a possibility? Mary's asking, how's this going to happen? It's not if it's going to happen or how could this possibly happen, but how are you going to do this? How are you going to bring this about? Um, if they were both questioning the possibility of it, would either, if, if that were the case, would either one of them have more justification than the other? How many stories have you heard of an older woman having a baby? Not a lot, but there's a couple of those. How many have you heard of a, a virgin having a baby? Didn't hear any of those, right? So even if they were both asking the exact same question, clearly Mary would be less suspect in her question, so to speak. Um, I don't really think that Zacharias is asking for a birds and bees talk from Gabriel. That's not really what he's, not really what he's after. Um, Mary has a legitimate question. Not only is this not something that happens every day, it's never happened in history. So um, then we get to Gabriel's responses, verses 19 to 20, um, to, he responds to Zacharias. Why do you think Gabriel feels the need to tell Zacharias that he stands in God's presence and that God has sent him to bring this good news? Yeah. Right. This, this ought to be proof enough. Yeah. I mean, somebody just showed up standing next to you while you're burning into that. That ought to be pretty good, pretty good evidence. Um, and I'm not just some run-of-the-mill angel, right? I stand before God. I've heard about all this. I'm, I, I volunteered to come tell you because I thought you'd be really excited. It's not to say he wasn't. It's just taking some time to process. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think that's real, that, that was a real possibility. Now he's been told this is good stuff that's coming, and he's still processing, I think. But anyway, um, let's see. Oh, you wanted a sign? No problem. I'll give you a sign. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. This is a faithful man, and he still has doubts and questions and is trying to figure out what's going on. Good point. Um, he gets his answer. Um, you're going to be mute until the baby is born. There's there's your sign for you. Okay. Wasn't what I was looking for. Usually that's the case. <laughs> We ask for one thing and not really recognizing, oh, I'm going to get something a little different than what I was looking for. Um, to Mary, he explains. Uh, but Mary says, behold, and then Mary responds, behold the bondservant of the Lord. Um, may it be done to me according to your word. Um, she did. It's huge. Yeah, yeah. And that's the next thing that's going to, you know, what effects would Zacharias being mute have had on him and those around him? Yeah, humor. 
inconvenience. It makes it clear that, that something has happened, right? I mean, he goes out and immediately the people realize he's seen a vision. Something has taken place. Um, so it testifies to that fact. Um, you know, there's approximately 10 months or so of lots of time to think about God's faithfulness and no one to discuss it with. It's, uh, it's interesting because in verses 59 and 62, if, if you look at those, it's possible he was also deaf because when John is born, they're you know, making signs to him and it's as if he can't hear either because they're finally, the, anyway, that's another possibility. So inconvenience for a while, right? What effects would Mary have experienced? Confirmation. Confirmation. Condemnation, yes. Shame. Shame. Suspicions about his character. Suspicions. Yeah. For how long? Lifelong. Lifelong. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and you again you think about this poor girl, you know, they're gonna people go, oh yeah, she sold herself into prostitution. They, you know, any number of things. Um, all kinds of negatives. The positive, the joy of having clear evidence that God favors you and that He chose you to bring His Son into the world, accompanied with lifelong negative consequences. It's interesting because when you, you know, when you look at a lot of the um, prophets and the people in the Old Testament the Lord used, and then of course you look at the the uh, disciples and you know the the apostles. Rarely did things go real smoothly and easily for those people, you know. And I've said this before, I know in in the past, but knowing God in that way is a, is an amazing gift, but it doesn't come without a price, you know. Um, we will be. As we, as we demonstrate that love for the Lord, and we're going to be reviled, we're going to be hated and those things, but as we walk with Him, we have blessings we can't even imagine um, that outweigh all that, but it's still there. It's still reality. Yes, yeah. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, it, it, but it is a burden. But, you know, and, and Jesus, what did he talk about? The, the, the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. So, um, so even though Zacharias and Elizabeth were old, having a son was certainly unusual, but not seen as a bad thing. It was a joyful occasion, and especially so for someone who had been barren, who had been praying for this for years. Um, and it's not hard to see why Gabriel thought a negative consequence for, the, for his doubt was appropriate. Um, and so for Mary, even though there would be some joy, there would also be much pain and hardship throughout her life. I was thinking about it after I'd finished my notes and sent them to my tablet and all that kind of stuff. Um, it seems like to me, Zachariah's um, response was... We've been trying to do this for years, and we've been unsuccessful. How do you expect us to do this? How do you expect me to accomplish what I've been trying to accomplish for, 
40 years or 50 years or whatever it is. How am I supposed to do that? Mary's response is, it's going to be really interesting to see how you do this. I think that's the difference. That's the difference between the two questions. Ultimately, I think that's what it comes down to is, who am I trusting in to get this done? Do I think I can do it? Or do I think the Lord's going to do it? He's promised. He said he will. Mavis? Could be. As well. Right. We're all focusing on the child. Right. So right. But I'm thinking also, you've been praying, um, hopefully as a priest, for a savior to save your people from the Romans and all that's going on. Rarely, rarely does God do one thing. We often see one thing. We often see and we go, oh, that's what God did. This thing, I can put it in a little box and I can tell you what God did. And it's like, no, no, no. Yes, I did that, but I did all this over here too. You know, I didn't just affect. What's that? He orchestrated it through the people. Right, and and he's he. It has an effect on Zacharias and Elizabeth. It also has an effect on Mary. It has effect on all these people around them. It has, you know, and that's just the birth of John. You know, um, and of course we know that John does pave the way for the Lord. He, you know, there's all these things that it, it is, it, it's, when we're studying these things, it's hard to get what, I can't get a big enough shotgun to hit that, hit all that target, you know. Um, and so, yeah, there's, there's clearly more here, but I don't think there's less here, you know. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I get your point. Um, any other questions or thoughts? We got a couple minutes. I think in the same uh, spotlight, I tend to read into things too much. So I always question why specifically Gabriel went to Zach specifically and Mary specifically instead of maybe Liz and Joseph or Elizabeth and Joseph. You know? Right. So I think there, there's some there's some meaning behind that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. There, there's reason why, and and again, we can probably wrap our head around part of it, but we'll probably never understand all of it. Again, because of the the breadth of what God does, right? Yes. Every day. Yeah. Yeah, because. Yeah. Yeah, because rarely can we see, rarely do our eyes really see what's going on. Rarely can we, you know, we, again, we see this little sliver and God's doing all this. And he's like, I was thinking about it. You can think about the fact that Zacharias and Elizabeth were blessed to have a son. It's their old age. They, you know, we assume it's pretty safe to assume. I would think that by the time John died, they were probably both dead. Right, they were older, um, but they got to experience this this blessing of having a son. There are other women who were barren who never had a child, and they are fitting into this story because 
the understanding that not every woman has a child. So the blessing is there that they see, that Elizabeth and, and Zacharias see, where others never got to see that, but they're part of the story because if it's not there, this isn't as significant. And that seems a little convoluted and it seems whatever, but, but it's like, it, that is true. We all fit into the story somewhere. What do we do with what we've been given? That's part of the story. At least Elizabeth didn't laugh. What's that? At least she didn't laugh. Yeah, at least she didn't laugh. That's right. That's right. She did with joy, I think, eventually. But yeah, yeah. At least there's no evidence. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, he was the forerunner of, mm -hmm. of the anointed king. Right. And in the same way, that's John's role. Right. He's called to that ministry. But uh, it was also a tie back between, um, you know, who Gabriel is. I mean, he's basically the announcer. Right. right of, of the Messianic ministry. And right. He's there in Daniel. He's there on those key occasions. Right. Right. You know, and says, by the way. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, so God's clearly at work in this. It's really quite remarkable. Um, yeah. And it, it is kind of a strange thing that uh, he's smitten. 